0: So today's podcast is being put together a little quickly, a little differently, so you won't have the normal intro, <laughs> but my name is Michelle Oldender. I'm a vegan life coach, and today's episode of Veg Your Best is episode 106, 106, and today's podcast, as I say, it was slated to be something else. It was going to be an interview, but there was, I don't know how to say this, a bit of a last minute change due to a late-breaking international news event. So so this one is probably going to be a little shorter, but you never know. Once I start without a clear plan, who knows? So to quickly pivot and to try and get this episode to Charlie so he can edit it and upload it, I'm using an idea that I had planned to do in a few weeks. I thought, I don't know, what the heck, I guess I can do that now. <laughs> It's not like anyone's going to be disappointed and say, no, no, I was hoping you were not going to answer that listener question until mid-October, Michelle. But anyway, it's funny that it even occurred to me that it might be a problem. In my brain, it seemed at first like, well, that's a problem to move an idea that I was going to flesh out in October to this week. So I was wondering, what is that about? What What is that about? It was as if, it's as if I thought having a plan for mid-October, four weeks in advance, that is a good thing. But changing that plan by using that idea today when everything's kind of gone pear-shaped, that's not a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, that was where my brain went. You know, it's not like it's my retirement savings that I've decided to blow on the slot machines you know it's an idea it's an idea i have lots of ideas but somehow in my brain i had made a plan for october and that was good but changing the plan was bad either or so this is connected this idea of either or is connected to one of these questions that i've gotten from followers and listeners to veg your best and I frequently get some questions about the podcast. Sometimes, sometimes people like to know my process or what equipment I use. But one of the things people frequently ask is whether I have trouble coming up with ideas for the podcast. Week after week. As of today, 106 consecutive weeks. And you know, it's a good question because at the beginning... Of Veg Your Best in September of 2020, or even before when I was thinking about it, I would definitely have assumed, yeah, that will be an issue (laughs) coming up. In fact, I never even dreamed I would have 106 consecutive weekly episodes. But the problem is more often that I have too many ideas. And that presents its own challenge too it's not either you have lots of ideas or you don't it's not either or and I do I have a lot of ideas that's good I would say that's good and and sometimes for me that turns into trouble making a decision about which idea and how to stick to it in a coherent way Sometimes I find that I throw in too much. And here, here's, here's a good aside. Here's a good, uh, a good illustration of when I throw things in. This idea of binaries, is it good, is it bad? Is it either or? Well, when I studied history, and I'm sure this exists in lots of other specialties, there is this underlying question, this binary question in history, continuity or change? We are trained as historians to look at events and people and legislation or pot shirts and pieces of material culture. We want to use those as examples of continuity in the culture, or are they examples of change? And though, when you're studying history, it's good to be looking for evidence of both, the answer to binary questions like that, continuity, continuity, or change? Well, the answer is virtually always both. Both. There's almost always continuity and change. And there's almost always change and continuity. Both. Not either or. But it's a very natural part of human brains this attempt at understanding something in a very complex world are we safe or unsafe is it healthy or unhealthy is it fair or unfair brave or cowardly normal or abnormal natural or fake supportive unsupportive educated or uneducated and these come up All the time when I'm working with my clients. All the time. I do it too. We all do it. And the question is always, hmm, are those really the only two choices? So sometimes people will say, you know, my partner is supportive about my veganism or unsupportive. Or they'll say things like plant-based foods are expensive or others will say they're affordable. Eating vegan is either good or restrictive. I either make a good living or I'll be able to have time with my family. These are the topics that come up all the time in coaching. Either someone grew up with privilege or they grew up disadvantaged. I can either make money or I can be happy in my job. She's either a starving artist or he's a sellout. Either you're broke and spiritual or you make money, but you lose your connection with what's important. Childhoods are unhappy or happy. Do any of these resonate for you? Usually it's not what you say. Usually it's something you have heard in someone else, how they've said rules like either accept my insurance company's decision or I'm going to rack up large medical bills. I either listen to my parents or I'll be disowned or I'm either going to get a raise from my employer, or I'm going to be fired. You either pay off your loans or you live in indentured servitude. You know, I am not a fan of binary questions. I'm not a fan of binary statements, but I'm fascinated by them. I'm not a fan because they are, like we've talked about other, other things in the past, they are dead ends. Binary questions that have either or their dead ends. And we all do it. We all do it. And sometimes all we have to do is actually say it out loud and we notice. We go, Ugh, or we laugh, or we wince, say, Neh. I know that's being a little bit dramatic. That's kind of extreme. That my husband is either always on time or he doesn't respect me. <laughs> and that's actually a good one, because if you're like me and you're someone who is hypersensitive to people being on time, we can tend to feel really, really, really sure that this is not an opinion, that this is fact that you're either on time or you don't respect me. But it's turned out that I have seven or 8 million other reasons over about 40 years to know and be pretty sure that my husband does indeed respect me, that it's not even really true. But sometimes when that thought comes up, it feels really true. So unless I either catch myself or someone else says to me, okay, okay, Michelle, so how does that work? It's true that every time your husband is late, it's evidence of his lack of respect for you? And I'm likely to say, uh, well, and, uh, and so, Michelle, and so, if someone is on time, that's evidence of their respect for you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's me. And is that all it takes to respect you, Michelle? Well, no, of course. It's just one, it's just one thing. Oh, then how many times does someone need to be on time? or late before you know whether they respect you or do not respect you? And is it possible that someone can always be on time and not respect you? And is it possible that someone can be late and respect you very, very much? (laughs) Okay, these are the things that have made my head explode. That's me. That's me. I'm sure that the things that you think are black and white, either or are much, much more true than mine. But ne- nearly all of us have these either or beliefs that really, really hijack our attention and energy. So, whether we chose those rules consciously or most of us unconsciously, most of us have chosen some of these rules about lateness and behavior in childhood, mostly out of an attempt to feel safe, and fit in. And many, many, many of these rules, they seem like very nice rules. They seem very, very reasonable. Things like you should say please and thank you. You should use a napkin. You should hold doors for people. You should drive the posted legal limit. And you should sign up for uh, whatever is required in your community. And you should ask before you take, brush your hair before you leave the house, wear clothes that are clean and fit, and fit well not. You shouldn't litter, you shouldn't chew gum in school, you certainly should not chew gum in front of others unless you have enough to offer everyone some, right? Right? Those are all obvious rules. (laughs) Well, maybe some of them are obvious to you. Maybe others of them you're thinking, well, that's just kind of strange. For example, as a young mother, I felt very keenly that I could either be a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, either or. I also felt that my parents thought I had wasted my education. Now, did they actually say that? I'm not sure if they actually said it with words coming out of their mouth. They may have just thought it very loudly. I'm not certain. But I've spoken about this here on the podcast many times that I also thought I could either have a good marriage or an independent career, either or. So, so many thoughts going on inside my brain. And I'm wondering, what are you thinking? What's coming up for you that was just kind of a rule for you? A lot of you will say, oh, it's just a standard. I'd like to say some of them are standards, but we want to really expose them to some light of day. So many of them are about how people should and shouldn't be and how we ourselves should and shouldn't be. And there are definitions of success, and politeness, and being a good citizen. And some of them are sublime, and some are truly ridiculous. If you can't speak French, or some other foreign language at an elevated academic level, then you can't speak French. You're either fluent, or you don't know it. You're either elegant, or you're tacky. You're a natural beauty or you're all tarted up. <laughs> okay, that one's from my mom. You're either industrious or you're lazy. And I'm wondering if all of us need to spend a little time. We can choose any thoughts we want. But some of these keep coming up as problems. Problems in our own lives and problems we have with other people. So creating a regular habit of interrogating my thoughts through coaching, and other people's thoughts through coaching them, it has made a huge difference for me in my day to day life. And not that those thoughts go away. But I catch them more quickly. And I notice that very often, they're not true, or they're so simplified, or They are really taken out of context. And you know, it's fine to have preferences. You can have a preference to be more fit or uh, to wear your hair a certain way or to present yourself in certain ways or to educate yourself with certain skills and certain habits of, of mind and habits of behavior. All the time, this comes up as problems, people feeling like something's gone wrong and they're stuck and they can't make headway with thoughts like I'm either physically fit or I've let myself go. You know, I have clients who think I can either help people or I can make money. And you know what? (laughs) When we keep thoughts like, like this, when we keep our thoughts this binary, the results really do tend to bear bear them out. And have you seen that in your life? When you say, I can either be manly or I can eat a lot of rabbit food. My partner can either go vegan with me or he's sabotaging me. My mother either stops saying things about my food today or she's a toxic human being. I know I thought things like, well, I can either eat meat and dairy or I'm really abandoning my cultural background. And I know other people think, well, I'm either a faultless, ethical vegan, or everyone's going to think I'm a hypocrite. Other people think, well, you have to eat meat and dairy, or you've got a highly restrictive diet. All of these are examples of either or. So, If something is coming up as a continual issue, I think it's good to bring it out into the air. What area of your life are you struggling with an either or? I know people are talking about, well, I need to work, but I don't want the kind of job that's going to take me away from my family. So when we are concentrating on this as the problem, we are not solution oriented. Is it possible to be looking for instead of either or a this and this sort of life what if instead of either or it was this and this instead of well, i could either have a good income or have plenty of time with my family could it be how is it i can find i can find a job that gives me a good income and i have plenty of time with my family just Opening yourself up to the idea that there are solutions possible helps you to move in that direction. You are now looking, you're looking for possibility rather than reminding yourself of what's impossible. You already know what you think is impossible, right? You don't need to keep telling yourself what's impossible. What you do need to be doing is opening up yourself to the concepts that might be potential problem solvers? How can I still respect my family and my culture and eat foods that are plant-based or avoid eating animals? How can I do both? I already think it's kind of impossible, but what if I decided to ask the question how could I do both? How could I disagree with my insurance company and Still work within the parameters of the program? Are there possibilities there? I already know it's hard. I already know I've been a little bit blocked. I wonder if I could look for something different. I wonder if I could get fit or lose weight and still enjoy fun food sometimes. How can I make a plan for my podcast? and change it now and then when everything changes for me. So instead of um, having a nice organized uh, flow list of bullet points that I'm going to cover, I'm making it all up right now based on an idea four weeks from now. All right? How can I do both? Well, we find where there is an and instead of an either or. We find it by asking new questions And seeing what it brings up, it doesn't mean that their answer comes to you immediately. But boy, when you open up your brain with a new question, you have so much more wisdom available to you. Very often when we're stuck, we start creating these divisive categories, these silos where that would work, but not if that happens. We're looking for why things can't work. Well, how about we spend at least as much time looking for how it could work? So sometimes there are clearly very strong ideas that we decide, and we decide even after examination that we're not really interested in looking at it in a very different way. And that's 100% fine. And as your coach, I would never argue with you about your decision. I only argue with people about decisions they haven't made when they're just repeating something without actually deciding whether they believe it, because even Even ideas that we do truly believe and we're not willing to give up, we can frequently look for the gift in them. We can frequently look for where there is more positive uh, power available in those ideas by subjecting them just to a few questions, a little inquiry. And, for example, in our community, people say, well, you can either be an ethical human being or... You can eat meat. Either or. And so for many of us, this feels really, really true. And one thing I believe about true things is that they are not weakened by being investigated. True ideas do not fall apart when you look at them. This is not the man behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz, okay? True ideas that you believe will actually offer you more when you investigate them. So this this concept you can either be an ethical human being or you can eat meat. And you know, it doesn't resonate for me either. I, I don't believe I don't believe eating meat is ethical, but but I currently do not believe that this is an objective either or. Because are there ethical people who still eat meat? Yeah, I think there are. I think there are many ethical people who still eat animals. And do I think all vegans are ethical people? No. No, I don't. And I think it's only one area. It's only one action in in terms of ethical behavior. But do I think it's important? Yeah, I do. I do. But what is possible in that statement if we don't continue to make it either or? You either do this or you are unethical, right? Maybe you can be an ethical human being and eat meat. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe there's more for me to learn about my ethics and meat. Maybe I don't know everything I want to know about the issue. And when I examine this statement in myself, and when I've examined it with my clients, it has come up many, many times. Obviously, with vegan life coaching, it's going to come up. This examination has almost always led to really powerful distinctions that focus us back on ourselves, and I do not think that it diminishes the ethical importance of veganism in any way for someone to, who might believe, like myself, that when I'm trying to look for the and in the statement, the connection rather than the divisiveness of either or. I think maybe instead of you can either be an ethical human being or you can eat meat, that there are some other statements, some other concepts. So maybe there's more to being ethical than not consuming animals. That's one that came up for a client recently. Maybe there's more to being ethical. Maybe I'm kind of holding on to this as an example of the, my ethics. And maybe not eating animals is not synonymous with being ethical. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, One client said, well, I wonder if there's more for me to grow and develop in my ethics rather than dividing. My behavior is ethical. Your behavior is not. And why do I even want to divide the world this way? And here I've got one other statement. Is there any evaluation where maybe I'm not an ethical human being based on the way someone else is looking at it. Maybe my ethics require me actually not to divide the world in this either or way. Maybe. These are just questions. None of these things is true or not true. And coaching is always, always about asking ourselves questions. Not to chip away at anything we want to believe, but to see whether there might be more for us there, to see whether we really believe those things or whether we've adopted some of these rules, some of these ideas, to make ourselves right and others wrong. Not that you do that, but some of us do. <laughs> some of us are tend to divide the world into us and them. And some of us, use some of these ideas to distract ourselves from the work that we really know we ought to be concentrating on instead of our outrage about what other people should be doing. And you know, if we really believe something, if we really believe something, my Veggie Besties, then how do we want to proceed? Because that is a much more powerful action when we think about how how does this thought actually pertain to me today because it's there's something we can do there's drama we can clean up in our brains there's some sloppy ideas that we can get a lot more specific about and to be frank to be frank most of the rules that either or statements that are driving us crazy day to day these are mostly pretty trivial subjects masquerading as mountains we need to die on. They're keeping us busy. I don't know if you've ever had this sense of, but if I drop this, then what will happen? Well, when you drop it, sometimes what happens is you actually get busy with something a lot more worthy of you. Keeping us all tied up, these, these, either or statements, these divisive statements, they just keep us focused on what's wrong in the world and why there's nothing I can do about it, which can be tempting. (laughs) It can be tempting to to stay there. But coaching and self-coaching, this is when we argue with it just a little bit. We challenge it because I want to suggest that there is work on this planet that only you can do. There's change here that only you can make. And there are choices only you can model for people. And there's fun only you can instigate. And there's kindness only you can offer to the world. And there's beauty only you'll be able to create. And it's being blocked. It's being blocked by a lot of very disempowering thoughts that we have about ourselves and about others. If you feel stuck, that's what's going on. Most of the time, that's what's going on. If you feel stuck, if you haven't been making the headway in your work and your life and your relationships that you are pretty sure you're capable of, I think coaching is really one of the most simple and powerful practices you can learn. And it changed everything for me. And it continues to change everything for me because it's such an elegant way of on a day-to-day basis. Well, remember the Stoics? It's an elegant way of implementing that Stoic mantra. Those Stoics are never far from my mind. That quote, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. Let's Look for the impediment to your action because that is what will advance the action in your life. That will be the key to moving that next spot. We get so caught up in repetitive thoughts that seem true. What stands in your way really can become your way. And if you're ready to look, if you're ready to see how... What's standing in your way might actually be the way. I would love, I would love to be your coach. In the meantime, feel free to ask questions and we'll do our best to answer a lot more listener questions in the weeks ahead. And next week, I won't be winging it. Next week, I will actually have, I hope, that's my plan, a planned episode. Okay, guys, thanks for bearing with me with the change of plan this week. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Wineshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms. It helps bump us up a little in the rankings. And that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.